Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I wanted to give uh, some thoughts um, about uh, about small towns versus big cities. And um, I've lived in uh, a small town and I've lived in uh, big cities for, uh, you know, roughly equal parts of my life. Now, I kind of uh, uh, am breaking it down like this. I say the city ain't friendly, but it's fair. The sticks ain't fair, but they're friendly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World According to Kyle podcast. What do you guys think? Do you think that is uh, on the spot? Do you think that is uh, off the marker? I don't know. I think that um, um, I think that it rings true. Uh, I think that uh, you um, the the sticks is kind of a lingo that uh, um, chaos k a k dash o s one of my favorite uh, Toronto based rap rappers uh, came out with, uh, and I find that to be true. I find that um, the city, generally speaking, is not. Uh, friendly uh, as uh, the sticks uh, and um, the sticks are very friendly but they're not fair in how they treat you and that you have to kind of um, you have to kind of tout uh, a certain um, certain ideologies that are a certain way of being that they think is important and you know um it's really telling uh, about small town Canada. It's like, um, you know, you go up to some guy and he's complaining about, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, the housing prices in Toronto and, uh, you know, he's from, uh, he's from a different, uh, country and, uh, he's oh, the housing prices uh, are so, are so huge in Toronto. Is is like how am I going to uh, how am I going to afford this? I go well, um, you know, you you can live in uh, a smaller town in Canada. Uh, he's like, yes, they're uh, mostly white people in this small town. Yeah, but if I stay in Toronto and uh, my brother and my wife all get second mortgage. Uh, maybe we can swing it. <laughs> like the idea of uh, of living in a in a small town for him just has not even has not even crossed his mind. He would rather pay, uh, you know, pay you know three times as much to uh, to live out here where there are actually people uh, around him who. Um, aren't super racist, which is, uh, you know, and hey, even, uh, even I don't want to fucking, uh, be around small town, uh, racism nowadays. So who am I, <laughs> who am I to blame, to blame, uh, to blame, um, an immigrant for, uh, not wanting to go into small town Canada, especially now, uh, with the rise of, uh, uh, neo-Nazis and, uh, uh, right-wing white supremacy and uh, bullshit like that. Like, you know, I kind of miss the days where, uh, you know, you could, um, where you could uh, get punched in the face for wearing a swastika. But apparently that isn't, uh, 
that isn't right now. Uh, as you have probably seen by the uh, rampant amounts of swastikas at uh, the truck, the truck uh, convoys of uh, recent memory, you know, and I think this is going to be the good Joe, bad Joe uh, edition of the world according to Kyle podcast. Um, so we're going to talk about a good Joe and uh, we're going to talk about a bad Joe, even though on last podcast, I did far too much uh, talking about the bad Joe than I cared than I had cared to, but we didn't cover absolutely uh, everything. So um, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Uh, but real quick, uh, just if you want to get a hold of me on uh, social media, on uh, the internet, you can find me on YouTube at Kyle Max. You can find me on Twitter at Kyleverse. You can find me on Instagram at KyleMax86. You can find me on Facebook at Kyle Max and on Reddit at TWA2K. Who? What the fuck is up? Oh, feeling good, feeling great, uh, because. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. My favorite team, my squad, has finally made it to the big dance and um, caught me completely by surprise, uh, which is hard to do, um, considering the uh, amount of money I've been uh, dumping into crypto. I have a eased off on my football betting uh, in favor of uh, going towards the um, higher upside of crypto. So I've scaled back on a lot of my, uh, a lot of my having like a, a specific sports broadcast, but um, we will still address sports because I love them. And uh, they're a, uh, you know, sports can sometimes be a reflection of uh, life and reality. And oftentimes I find uh, there are really great heroes to uh, to look at in, uh, in in the sports world. And one of those heroes, the good Joe, is Joe Burrow, uh, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, I have just completely enjoyed like that's how I know I love football is something where I can watch and uh, not have any money in and not have any vested interest in, but I can still watch and love. Now, uh, one other uh, one other show that I watch a lot is uh, The Cult of Dusty. And um, he says football is boring. Now, football is so far from boring. I Like, I don't know how you can think that it's a boring game. There's nothing boring about uh, about football. It's aggressive and it's manly and uh, it's fast paced and it's entertaining. It's and uh, you know there's uh, it's got that perfect balance of like uh, of intellect and uh, grit and physicality uh, and uh, it kind of all meshes into just such a such a, a a beautiful game, such a, a amazingly well thought out, thought out game. Um, so let's tap into uh, the meteoric rise of Joe Burrow 
Um, I have two Joe Burrow jerseys right now. I had the uh, the white old school Cincinnati uh, jersey uh, with Burrow. That actually was a jersey he was wearing when he suffered his uh, ACL MCL injury for the Washington football team. And now I also have the black new school uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, jersey of Joe Burrow. So um, big fan, big fan of this guy. Um, he kind of came on out of nowhere, you know, like I was aware of him and I was aware that he transferred to LSU from uh, from Ohio State. Um, and I got a lot of Michigan friends. Uh, I got a lot of Michigan Wolverine friends who are haters of <laughs> Ohio State. I've always liked Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, Michigan is starting to come on right now. But, uh, you know, I've always uh, valued, like, uh, the uh, commitment to excellence that Ohio State ha has had in that uh, just Ohio uh, has a lot of uh, – football players and a lot of great football talent comes out of there. Uh, so I've actually not respected Michigan football until very recently. And, uh, and, and you can tell um, by some of the draft picks that have come out of there, you know, Hutchinson is going to be, is going to be a, for, uh, like one of the first picks. Uh, they've really started to uh, turn it around and become like an elite program with potential to uh win a natty um but joe burrow is uh in ohio the slums of ohio athens he grew up uh very poor um and uh and uh you know didn't have much and um his his rise um has just been absolutely unprecedented like when I was watching that last season for LSU, like the point spreads were starting to get a little ridiculous. Um, like, and I couldn't really bet them, but I'm just like, I'm not taking the plus points because I am staying out of the way of this fucking freight train. <laughs> and, um, and uh, they ended up going on to win to win the Natty that year in beating Alabama. And uh, there's a meme uh, going around about um, when Joe Burrow became Joe Burrow. So uh, they were playing, I think, the um, a bowl game uh, versus UCF, and. Uh, there was an interception and Joe Burrow was going back to uh, was like uh, coming back after the interception to try and tackle the ball carrier. And uh, he got a brutal blindside block and got fucking knocked on his ass. He was on his he was on he was on his knees, you know, attempting to uh, to get his shit together to get back up. And the guy for UCF spit on him while he was while he was on the ground and after that is L lsu was perfect never lost a game after that and you know you hate it while it's happening but uh sometimes you you can really grow to love that chip on your shoulder and um 
right now, Joe Burrow has a chip on him. And he plays like he always has a chip on his shoulder. And that is and that is what you need to do. That is what Tom Brady does. Tom Brady is still feels slighted by uh, getting drafted in the in the sixth round. He still feels that, you know, it's it's not good to be just a spiteful, vindictive fuck. But having a chip on your shoulder and being willing having a chip on your shoulder just helps you be able to lay everything on the line uh, when you need to, because sometimes that's what you need to do. Uh, And I find it kind of funny when uh, Green Bay played the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, Green Bay won in overtime, largely because um, Evan McPherson shanked a uh, winnable field goal, which I mean, now he would have made that and Green Bay would have lost the game. But uh, so um, I find it when Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game said to Joe Burrow, he's like, "Uh, man, sometimes you just got to slide. Sometimes you just got to go down. You know what? Who's in the fucking Super Bowl right now? Joe Burrow is, okay? Maybe Joe Burrow should be the one giving you advice, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe sometimes uh, you shouldn't be such a wuss and you should go and fucking pick up those yards like a man and fucking not throw the ball away. That is – and that when Joe Burrow made that play on third down where – where, you know, he was eaten up by defenders, he shakes them, and he kicks it out to the left side, and then the and then jumps through the outstretched arms of uh of of the the would-be tackler and goes and reaches out and picks up that first down. Man, if if you are a player on the Cincinnati Bengals, uh and you see your quarterback doing that, you will fucking die on the field before you get embarrassed and it's little things like that when when you know your quarterback is not a little bitch and he will absolutely do everything and fucking lay his life on the line to win the game you will fucking run through a wall for that guy so you know i find it really ironic right now that aaron Rodgers is not in the super bowl and cincinnati Bengals are and it's aaron Rodgers that's trying to give uh Joe Burrow advice, and it's everybody that's saying Aaron Rodgers is the is the best quarterback in the league, and he's going to win the MVP, and he's going to win the MVP. Well, uh, you know, I, I think my man Joe Burrow has something to say about that, and you know, Cincinnati has its deficiencies. Okay, you know, Cincinnati, uh, you know, has a the number thirtieth overall offensive line. Okay, they have overcome that because of Joe Burrow. What do you think Aaron Rodgers would be doing if he had the uh, the offensive line like that? He would be complaining like, oh, I don't have enough time to. No, you have to deal with the situation that you're put in and you have to make the most of it. Joe Burrow is absolutely inspiring, absolutely inspiring individual. I cannot wait to see more of him in the football league. They have no business being here. The Cincinnati Bengals do not have any business uh, being here. And that's the thing is that they were given uh, opportunities and they capitalized on them. They capitalized on them. Like uh, they, uh, you know, they, you know, should not have been uh, in the Super Bowl. But 
they're gonna they're gonna try their ass off and they're gonna fight every single play. And if you give up an inch, they're gonna absolutely take it. And that's what they did. I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed by uh by the way the defense has stepped up also and the guys we've got on defense. Fucking um uh Hendrickson, uh Hubbard, uh even Eli Apple, incredible play. Jesse Bates, oh my god. Jesse Bates. Oh, what a play when he tipped when he tipped the uh in uh the ball in overtime to uh to Hilton. Absolutely won them, absolutely won them the game. And Eli Apple came in for uh and almost picked off uh Patrick Mahomes on uh on second down after they uh went to the drop eight strategy. Now the task at hand that Cincinnati has with the Los Angeles Rams is monumental. Um, so the LA Rams have the number one pass rush, uh, and Cincinnati has the number 30 offensive line. So, you know, we're talking guys like Von Miller, we're talking Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald, Von Miller, former Super Bowl MVP. Um, if you could have said to me, who would you least want? If you would have said to me, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl, who would you least want them to play? It would probably be the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I was going for San Francisco in uh, the NFC Championship game because of this. Uh, I wanted them to win because I thought San Fran would have been a layup. Cincinnati's defense would have absolutely feasted on uh, Jimmy Garofalo. Uh, you know, like San Fran needs to figure something out because that's not working. Um, but we got Joe Burrow and we got a great defense that's playing that's that's playing out of his ass. I'm really uh, I do not like I do not. Uh, I would take the plus points. Um, I do not think it's going to be a blowout. But it's a bad matchup nonetheless. And but the thing is that Cincinnati Bengals are uh playing with house money. So regardless of the result, things are looking really great. Um and the number one thing that will that will feed into that is that the Bengals have uh one of the lowest um one of the best cap situations. So they've made it to even if Cincinnati just beat uh Oakland. They're going to attract free agents. They're going to attract those offensive linemen free free agents that they need to fill those holes. The players are watching. The players are seeing Joe Burrow, um, you know, pull rabbits out of out of the hat and uh, watching him like literally perform fucking miracles on the field, winning games that they have no business winning with Evan McPherson and a solid defense. Cincinnati is going to attract free agents we are playing with house money at this point which is and cincinnati has absolutely capitalized on every single one of those opportunities like i said you're giving them a, a, an inch and they're taking it um so the Bengals having a great cap situation now number one is that they have to uh they have to fix uh or they have to um they have to re-sign jesse pace Jesse Bates is fucking incredible, man. He is the uh, he is the leader of that back end of that defense, like of the of the coverage in in that secondary, and he he fucking makes it all work together. With the like safeties are super important. I love Chidobi. Uh Hilton's Hilton solid. 
uh, even fucking um, who's that guy that they pick? Eli Apple. Even Eli Apple has some great plays. Uh, so I mean, but we need to re-sign Jesse Bates. Do not fuck up and let this guy go like they let uh, like they let uh, William Jacks like they will let William Jackson go. We need to sign Jesse Bates to a major fucking contract. He deserved it. Then after that, you spend. All that money. They have the best cap situation in the NFL. You spent all that money on an offensive line. And all like if 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 literally that's all they do, if literally that's all they do, sign Jesse Bates, uh, go through the draft like they normally go through the draft, maybe pick up they can even fucking draft an offensive lineman every single round of the draft. Boom. Problem solved. Offensive line solved. Uh uh, re-sign Jesse Bates. I mean, who would you pick over the Bengals if they had their offensive line fixed? If they had a stud offense? I mean, I'm not picking it. I'm not picking against them. They got an elite offense. Chase was everything that uh, they expected and more and more. Um, and uh, the only thing that I'm worried about, to be honest, is Zach Taylor. Uh Man, and I was – Cincinnati is – ha, has the Bengals have missed out on opportunities to capitalize in the first half. And, like, every single possession in the first half was, like, first down run, and they're not catching the defense off guard. Zach Taylor is too – he's too slow to uh, adjust and adapt without having the halftime space in between uh, to do so. Uh, if you need the space in between the halftime to adjust, and granted, they had a major adjustment that they needed to do on defense. They had to, they had to drop eight, which ended up working phenomenally. They had to drop eight against uh, Mahomes, which ended up working great. Um, now, that was the adjustment they needed to do. The adjustment they didn't know they needed to do was picking up more on on first downs and giving like the defense knows you're going through the air on second and first or sec sorry second and third you're not going to catch them off guard uh on on those downs you're going to have to make a a play that's well covered and they can do that but you're missing out on a lot of opportunities to capitalize if you're just going to run every single first down. Like literally, I was calling it out. Like first down run, uh, short pass on on second, and a longer pass on third. And that was literally boom, 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 A, B, C, exactly what was happening on the offense uh, until the until the second half. And you have to mix it up a little bit more. If literally the game should not have been uh, the Cincinnati should not have lost so much ground in the first half. It was just the offense's failure to start. It's like it's like Taylor. I like him. He's man, he's great with his back to the wall, but he has to always be in the mentality like his back is against the wall. You're just letting uh, okay, we're gonna lose this half and then catch up in the second half. You had the opportunity to catch up in uh, in the first in the first half. You just kind of let it go. You let it slip by the wayside. 
So uh, that's those are my only worries uh, about about the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to see every single motherfucker that uh, was telling Joe Burrow he should hold out that uh, said don't go to Cincinnati. Uh, I want to see all these motherfuckers apologize because they owe the Cincinnati Bengals organization an apology for calling them dysfunctional. Uh, you think they're dysfunctional? Have you seen the Miami Dolphins uh, recently and what they're, what they're going through? Paying $100,000 their coaches to lose. And Cincinnati Bengals are the fucked up organization. And I said this. Go back to my podcast, fucking episode three or four or five or something, where I said the Cincinnati, where I, I, I told you that I told you guys that Cincinnati Bengals are my team. And I do not think that they are dysfunctional as Miami Dolphins. Wow. How, how, how true, uh, how true was that? And I, I, I said specifically that, um, that if it was the organization's, um uh foresight that they felt that Andy Dalton they were not able to win a championship with him and so that's why they didn't do the re-signings and that's like and they needed a better uh quarterback situation which led them to Joe Burrow I would have said yes that I mean you know uh I kind of liked Andy Dalton and I thought maybe he should have been given more of a shot but ultimately I think that was the right move. Um, you know, Dalton had a Dal Dalton was, I mean, literally they came up with the Dalton scale as a scale to assess whether your quarterback is average or not. And, uh, I just think like, uh, and I just thought, thought, like I said before, the Cincinnati Bengals have a sense of identity and the Miami Dolphins do not have a sense of identity. We're talking about a team that, uh, ran the wildcat for a, for a season and like are completely lost. And um, now let's transition into the, um, the Miami Dolphins situation right now with uh, uh, the firing of Flores and the Ro Rooney. Now uh, rumor has it that uh, Brian Flores was banging the table for Justin Herbert. And then the, uh, the GM over, over, uh, stepped and took Tua. Now, let me just put this out there. I, I do not feel that there are 10 better coaches in the NFL than Brian Flores. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think you would be hard pressed to come up with a better 10. And, you know, if, uh, if the Rooney rule is in place just to, um, just to, um, bring up appearances like the NFL is, um, is, um, considering black coaches when in fact it's not, then, uh, the Rooney rule needs to go and it is, and it is a failure. Um, Brian Flores should be coaching a team right now. Uh, you know, I would be more than happy to have him on on a team of mine. Um, let's go through real quickly what some of the coaching hires were. All right, so the Jags. The Jags hired fucking Doug Peterson. Now, I kind of have mixed feelings on him. He did win a Super Bowl. 
uh, he looked really bad in that thing with Jalen Hurts, how he uh, fucking benched Jalen Hurts for uh, Sudfeld or whatever the fuck that guy's name name was when uh, in order to, to move up one draft position. That was fucking embarrassing. The uh, Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell. You know, like, I, I actually don't disapprove of that. Um uh, because, uh, like, I think Vikings need an offensive guy. I thought that's why Zimmer was bad for them. Um, they got a very offensive team. They need to tap into their, uh, their uh, offensibility more than play, like, a more vanilla uh, offense and really focus on the defense because the dynamics of the Vikings have changed in such a way where, they, where they're uh, more uh, offense-heavy. So they need an offensive guy. Um, the Raiders was it Josh Josh McDaniels? Um, who else? What else? Uh, Dable Dable going to the Bills now. I or Dable going to um, the Giants. Sorry. Um, Eberflus, uh, Eberflus, um, where did he end up going? Eberflus went to, um, the Colts, I believe. Or no, he was, uh, he was, uh, the defensive, the defensive coordinator, uh, for the Colts. Um, Bears, Eberflus went to the Bears. That was kind of surprising. I thought, uh, I thought that uh, Flores would have been a really, really good fit uh, for the Bears. But um, now, I was one that thought that um, Colin Kaepernick situation was different than this Flores situation. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, I, you could not say he was a top 10 quarterback. Uh, he was startable, but the drama that... Uh, that he that he caused by uh, his his protest, I'm and uh, it was you know it was more probably than it was worth considering like you know the San Fran team that he took to the Super Bowl was more about San Fran and less and less about Colin Kaepernick. Um, he was good, don't get me wrong. Um, but I cannot say the same thing about Kaepernick as I can say about Brian Flores, where Flores is a certified top 10 coach. And for him to go into an interview with the New York Giants, knowing that he's not going to get the job, for him to go into an interview with the Denver Broncos um, uh, and John Elway shows up hungover and completely, uh, completely dismissive of him. That's a little embarrassing. I mean, like, I, I mean, Brian Flores is, um, for him to do what he did, like, that was probably the most success that the Miami Dolphins have had in, like, the last, since fucking Dan Marino. Um, and, uh, he, you know, this guy is over here making fucking chicken salad out of chicken shit, and, uh, and uh, he's not getting a job. Now, the NFL has to address that and personally speaking um i feel that uh i feel that uh byron leftwich would have been a better head coach hire for the jacksonville jaguars than uh doug peterson now you know maybe peterson's a guy maybe peterson uh 
maybe Peterson is a guy for Trevor Lawrence. We'll, uh, we'll see. But, I mean, I would have absolutely loved Byron Leftwich. I loved watching him play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I thought he did a great job uh, with Tampa. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I cannot say the same thing about Byron Leftwich as I'm able to say about Brian Flores. But, um but you know it's a shame. Like, and the 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 Rooney Rule is just turned into like a mere formality. And uh, and um, you know um, you did Flores dirty. You guys did Flores dirty. Uh, you know he should not be treated with such disrespect that you know you're gonna hire someone else instead instead of him, and yet you bring him into interviews. Or you're complete. You show up uh, an hour late to your interview with him, and you show up hungover and completely dismiss it, dismisses of him. That's embarrassing. That's fucking embarrassing. He has more grounds to sue the NFL than uh, than than Colin Kaepernick did. Oh man, what a terrific uh, divisional round um, of the NFL. The uh, the KC and Cincinnati game, like it was just that is fucking football, man. That is just like football's just, you know, you need luck to go your way. You can never give up and you always got to seize on your uh, opportunities. Now, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fuss was made about um, the overtime rules uh, when the. Um, when uh, KC won against Buffalo, but then the very next week, Cincinnati went and showed you do not need to win a coin toss. You just need your defense to step up. And, uh, you know, I was saying for a while, I was saying before, like I knew a situation like this was on the horizon where there was going to be two great um, offensive teams. There's, there's going to be two great offensive teams. And uh, one of them's going to win the toy coin toss, and that one is going to win uh, is going to win the game. And but when you think about it, do we really want to go to college rules? Do we really want to uh, want to have like a you know seventy to eighty score in uh, the Kansas City uh, in the Kansas City Buffalo game? Uh, I don't know, man. That's going to leave a lot more injuries probably than uh, than it's worth than it's worth. Like if you play an additional two or three quarters more in a, uh, in a playoff game. So what's the solution? Uh, you give both teams uh, one possession. Okay. Well uh, you give both teams one possession. They both score. Then the advantage still goes to the person with the, with the, the with the coin toss. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, it seems like, it seems okay right now to me. Like, I don't think it's really all that bad. Uh, you have a, uh, you have a coin flip. The advantage goes to the coin flip, but I mean, you have to, uh, your defense has to make a play. If your defense makes a play, then all of a sudden the, you get a 75% advantage, which the Cincinnati Bengals show. I mean, Everybody touts the uh, Buffalo Bills defense as some like, uh, oh, great. Uh, they're great defensively. They just uh, they they got bombed on by Mahomes. Cincinnati Cincinnati kept them in check. So I think, uh, you know, 
I think we're making a big deal out of uh, out of nothing. Um, whereas before, I thought the NFL should adapt the college rules, but it's kind of silly. I mean, like starting at the 30-yard line, I understand why college does it and giving equal possessions, but I mean, your defense just has to make a play in the NFL. Like defense is so is a lot more emphasized than than in college. So, um, you know, you tell me, uh, you come up to me with a solution because I don't know it. I think right now it works okay, and uh, and and that was proven. All right, uh, that's it for Coach Talk. I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back uh, with more TWA2K. All right, we're back with the UWA2K. Sorry, TWA2K. Uh, yes. Now, since this is uh, the Good Joe, Bad Joe podcast, I figured I'd uh, lead with my best foot forward. <sighs> this podcast is not... Brought to you, by the way, uh, Crown and Coke, uh, which is what I am enjoying on my uh, day off of uh, day off of menial um, warehouse work. So I'm sitting here on this uh, lovely Saturday afternoon, enjoying myself. Um, every king deserves his crown and uh, and, and Coke and. Uh, uh, it really enjoying my uh, my weekend off and bringing to you this uh, this wonderful podcast for uh, you guys to enjoy. Now, since we started uh, with the good Joe, with since we led with our best foot forward, now the bad Joe, uh, which was formerly the good Joe, if you would have asked me, uh, you know, like a year and a half ago, <laughs> um, the bad Joe, uh, Joe Rogan. Um, Man, uh, where to start? Um, like, you know, uh, like, let's start with the grift, okay? Um, now, let's let let me preface this with saying, uh, so I'm notice noticing right now a lot of similarities um, between Alex Jones and Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan does platform Alex Jones at times. Um, and uh, and I know that he listens to Alex Jones. Now, Alex Jones was part of the uh, new media uh, before um, when the Internet, like when the Internet started get, getting popular, but didn't he hit the peak of the popularity that it is in today. Trust me, I was knee deep in uh, into the internet then. The internet was a very scary place back then, uh, filled with all everything that was there was conspiracies. Can you believe this? Can you believe that? Uh, money isn't real. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, uh, fucking satanic rituals. Um, I, you can't trust anything. The internet was a super scary place back then, um, but. Uh, more light has been shed on like the situations and, um, you know, I don't think it's all just, you know, we're being controlled and mind fucked and the Bilderberg, uh, group is, uh, you know, fucking, um, uh, planting microchips in us and, uh, turning the frogs gay. 
Uh, yeah, like, I mean, Alex Jones went too far over the edge. And what Joe Rogan is doing right now is comparable to what Alex Jones was doing back then. Now, let me explain to you the grift, okay? So Alex Jones, um, he made like uh, something like $155 million from his uh, online store where he sells supplements that are going to, uh, that are not, uh, that are not going to turn the frogs gay and that are going to really, you know, make you a manly man and uh, all, all that shit. So the guess Guess what the the uh, when Alex Jones was um, getting the highest amounts of volume to his store for supplements and shit. Did you guess? Guess which time period that uh, that was when Alex Jones was getting the most amount of money, the highest volume attracted to his fucking Alex Jones uh, info or store or whatever. It was during the Sandy Hook massacre, the Sandy Hook shooting at the school. What was Alex Jones doing during that time? Well, uh, let me uh, refresh your memory. He was um, saying that uh, the Sandy Hook, uh, the Sandy Hook school shooting was a false flag operation that uh, was government staged um, that uh, and the parents of the children uh, who were murdered in uh, the Sandy Hook uh, massacre were, quote, crisis actors, unquote. So Alex Jones was profiting the highest when he was uh, speaking the most heinous, ludicrous, conspiratorial, tinfoil hat fucking bullshit that has ever been fucking uh said on uh, on this planet he was fucking profiting the most from it now let's draw some lines now let's draw some lines oh hey joe rogan has his own uh supplement store his own on it store where he sells uh alpha brain bullshit and fucking uh supplements and all this shit and uh Oh, what's happening right now? Joe Rogan is uh, is coming against uh, vaccines and uh, and saying vax. So this is a fucking grift. Can't you fucking people see this? The reason that uh, that he is saying all this shit is because it's profitable to him. Um, it's not the truth, but people want to hear it because. They're fucked up in the head and they want to believe that, that uh, conspiracies are running the government and that uh, that uh, even though like no uh, even though no um, doctor uh, would agree. Well, you know, one percent of the doctors would agree with them. Let's just play up that one percent. Let's play up that one percent and. uh cater to these people's uh, insecurity and these people's inability to deal with reality in saying that uh, fucking um, uh, the world is a conspiracy. So, um, you know, you want to say, okay, well, Sandy Hook is different from, uh, from the coronavirus. 
fucking million, uh, what is it, nine, over 900,000 people died in the uh, U.S. alone, okay? And uh, the, the death rates are, uh, are not consistent in the U.S. And I said, uh, somebody saying, oh, yeah, I guess uh, how many deaths is Joe Rogan to blame for? Uh, I don't know, since most of his memes are the ones getting shared by these uh, dead motherfuckers uh, from COVID, uh, you know, I would say he's getting uh, that he's responsible for a large portion of uh, of the deaths since he's the most popular podcast and he's uh, and he's presenting the counter argument towards vaccines the hardest. And, you know, it's. It's like I went into this a lot, so I'm not going to go into the stuff that I went into in the prior in the prior podcast. If you want to listen to TWA 2K13, where I talk where I talked about all that, but uh, it but this is a grift. This is we are literally he's literally profiting off of misinformation, and and he's not going to stop. And you know. Uh, now he's starting to apologize and shit, but he's not going to win back guys like me. Uh, there are certain lines that you just do not cross and getting more people killed during a pandemic because you're, quote, asking questions um, for what, two years while uh, available data is accessible, uh, while available scientific data is accessible. Apparently that's crossing the line for me. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know that before, but now I know that that is a line that if if you cross, um, I'm not going to follow you on. And which is weird because if you would have asked me uh, a year ago, I was ready to buy Spotify just to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. But this is just some like he's just transitioned into like a fucking like where before, you know, I, now, I am somebody who sees the errors in the left, and I do not wish to, like, um, blame white people for everything. I do not, uh, I, I do not think, like, uh, the SJW movement is something that I aspire to. Um, but a lot of it is, um, is not cancel culture. A lot of it is consequence culture, where you're being a p fucking piece of shit, and people hate that and enough people hate that where they're going to voice their opinions. That's not, that's not cancel culture. That's having consequences for your fucking actions where before you didn't have consequences for your fucking actions. And that's just a line that has been crossed for me. And Joe Rogan knows he's fucking smarter than that. Joe Rogan is better than that. He is better than, uh, than producing these horseshit fucking uh, conspiracies and not uh, and and not uh, giving you any of the uh, alternative uh, side of what's happening. And um, recently, John Stewart uh, came to uh, the defense of Joe Rogan. Now, I just assume that everybody who's coming to the defense of Joe Rogan just wants to be on the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> Now, John Stewart said that uh, uh, in uh, when somebody compared Joe Rogan to uh, to Tucker Carlson, and John Stewart said that 
quote, uh, Rogan is not an ideologue like uh, Tucker Carlson, end quote. Now, they were talking about the uh, interview with Josh Zaps, the Australian uh, uh, reporter. Now, Joe Rogan denied the validity of peer-reviewed uh, data and instead suggested the VAERS report of um, where you can just report whatever without anybody fucking checking you. So, so Joe denied peer review and instead suggested uh, the VAERS report and uh, was in denial about uh, Josh Zepp's, uh, uh, about Josh Zepp's credibility. That's exactly what C Tucker Carlson would have done. I mean, Tucker Carlson has a show and he only puts you on for five minutes. If he put you on for three hours and uh, you were talking, uh, you know, complete sense to him, that's exactly what Tucker Carlson would have done. Don't fucking tell me that's not what Tucker Carlson... If Tucker Carlson had a three-hour show and somebody was uh, w uh, presented factual evidence... He would have totally said, well, hey, hey, that's not uh, that's not the Bears report. Uh, you know, uh, how can we trust that if it's not uh, if, if people aren't saying it? Man, bull fucking shit. It's exactly like Tucker Carlson. Joe Rogan is just becoming that, you know, which is sad because, as I told you in the prior episode, I gained a lot of great information from Joe Rogan. I've gained a lot of fucking uh, things that have helped my personal development uh, about uh, ketogenic dieting, about uh, about um, motivation, about finding personal motivation. But, you know, um, I don't have heroes. I don't have heroes. Uh, I uh, and uh, and with everybody, I do not hold anybody on a pedestal. And if somebody crosses certain lines, then. That's it for me. And that's it for me for with, with him. Like, uh, how many more millions of people uh, need to die? And how many little people are dying or uh, having adverse reactions from the vaccine do you need to see? You, I mean, if you, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, um, if you haven't seen by now, it's out of sheer ignorance and how much, uh, and how much anti uh, anti government uh, rhetoric and how much hate have you drummed up uh, as a result of your uh, of your denial of reality, you know? And did you guys see uh, Joe Rogan's um, Joe Rogan's um, quote apology? Uh, did you guys see when Joe Rogan, uh, you know, because well, you know. Uh, you know, all these artists pulled their music from Spotify and Spotify uh, started started to tank and it lost billions of dollars. Uh, so did you see Joe Rogan uh, have to uh, when he had to make his apology about uh, about what what happened? Do you know what that um, apology reminded me of? Do you guys ever watch South Park? Uh, you know, when, uh, the episode where, um, uh, Cartman, um, was with his mom and, uh, his mom couldn't afford an iPad. So she had to buy him like the lesser version of the iPad. And then, uh, 
Tucker, or sorry, and then uh, Cartman was uh, uh, was in the store like, Mom, you're trying to fuck me. Uh, why don't you fucking buy me dinner? Because I, I was like, uh, I like to have a good dinner before I get fucked this good. And everybody thought that uh, Cartman's mom was trying to rape him. And then in the car, uh, when Cartman's mom decided not to buy anything for him, then Cartman's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know the F word was a no-no word. <laughs> that is. Go rewatch Joe Rogan's fucking apology with that in mind. Oh, I didn't know um, having uh, one the 1% of uh, doctors that uh, are anti-vaccine in favor of the 99% of doctors that are, are pro-vaccine. I didn't know that was a no-no. We're just having conversations, you know? Uh... If you don't get vibes, uh, if you haven't seen, <laughs> if you don't get vibes of that South Park episode from that, um, yeah, uh, uh, then you're probably fucked up in the head like uh, these other guys are and uh, are not uh, are not actually researching uh, the data and are not going into it with a clear and open mind. So those were the types of vibes I was getting. Uh, from Joe Rogan's fucking horseshit uh, apology. And Spotify's not going to get rid of him. They're paying uh, the musicians and the artists fucking pennies uh, in order to have the most popular uh, podcast in the world on um, on uh, their platform. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, such is a world where if you do shitty things, then then uh, you get rewarded, which I hope we can at some point fucking grow past this uh, collectively. Uh, and, and we, sh and where we should seek, um, we should seek good things and we shouldn't watch things that are fucking bullshit. It's like, um, it's like that uh, guy who go the fucking uh, ginger kid who goes and fucking maces people uh, on live stream on on YouTube. You know, he gets shit ton of views, makes shit ton of money doing a fucking horrible thing, but people are uh, people uh, are attracted to shit apparently, and um, uh, much to the detriment of uh, of their well being in the future. And you know what? Like it's like. Uh, We've had viruses before. I mean, uh, you would figure if there was, if there is like, um, uh, if there is like the right to bear arms, you know, that, um, and that's in the constitution. Like, why don't we have, uh, like, since fucking viruses and epidemics have been around for hundreds of years, uh, even longer, uh, the pestilence, uh, even from biblical times, uh, you would figure that the constitution, if, um, if we have the right to bear arms, it would address something like, uh, uh, you, uh, about, about, uh, disease. Like, you know, maybe there would be like a constitutional amendment, like, um, the right to spread disease, like a filthy fucking sewer rat. You know, like they would that, that that they would have that specified, um, and all these people complaining about uh, 
especially in Canada, complaining about your freedoms right now. Well, where were you when smoking was banned in buildings? Uh, where were you when seatbelt laws were being passed? Where were you when stop and frisk was happening? Where were you when illegal search and seizure was happening? No, you didn't care because all you care about is uh, being personally inconvenienced and you don't really care about freedom. So that's why uh, I, I go against this uh, horseshit trucker uh, rally, which the majority of truckers in Canada are vaccinated and uh, 90% of truckers in Canada are vaccinated and do uh, b believe that you should be vaccinated in order to cross borders, especially with the amount of fucking disease spreading in the United States in the name of freedom. Uh, yeah, you should be vaccinated if you're a fucking Canadian driver going into America and coming back. If you're a Mexican driver going from into America and to Canada, yeah, how is how is that a fucking uh, problem? Where are the ninety percent of fucking truck drivers that don't agree with you? And uh, and this was uh, brought up like let's not like let's call a spade a spade, and that this is right wing media uh, funding them through GoFundMe in order to produce a narrative because they're not gonna go be the ones who protest uh who protest about this so they're gonna go and pay other people to protest for them and it's sad that it's uh that that uh, truckers have become the enemy because uh you know there are plenty of good truckers and i guarantee you the p same people who have funded these uh these uh, rallies have not fucking spoken to a trucker in their goddamn life uh <laughs> you know um <sighs> like the vaccine uh having a worse outcome than the virus is like over two orders of magnitude uh dumber than uh th than what the actual reality of what's happening is and um you know i if you're traveling state lines especially in places that uh that don't give a shit i mean i don't have a problem with uh requiring uh uh vaccine mandates what happens if like uh like let's just uh let's just worst case scenario let's say the worst properties of the delta variant and the worst properties of the omicron variant which the delta variant is the the uh the fatality rate and the worst properties of the Omicron variant are the uh, transmissibility. So let's say those uh, fucking produce like the uh, a super transmissible and more deadly variant of uh, the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, it happens in the United States first, but we don't have these truckers uh, vaccinated against it, which is uh, preventing their ability to uh, fight off a disease that they might not know they have because the symptoms are asymptomatic uh, up until a certain point and they're spreading it without even knowing it, which is, by the way, the reason why ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies and all this other stuff is horseshit. Because if you don't know you fucking have it and you're taking it, then uh, what fucking good is it doing other people? The only good that uh, helps others is uh, if you... Uh, is if you are vaccinated and if your body doesn't know if your body's fighting off something it has that you're not necessarily uh, showing symptoms for. <sighs> so 
And you know what? I used to be a, a big follower of um, of Jocko and uh, the Jocko Willenick. And, you know, he always uh, spouts this shit about, like, being a leader. What being a leader uh, really means. And then Jocko goes on uh, Joe Rogan and literally uh, fucking totally fucking uh, uh, bows to him while he's spouting off uh, his horseshit um, uh, reasons for not getting vaccinated, you know? Oh, yeah, Joe. You know, that, that reminds like, Jocko was literally eating Joe Rogan's asshole on the fucking podcast. Like, you know, I want to see Joe, Jocko go into his next, like, hey, Brandon, we're uh, starting up with the podcast, and you know what good leadership is? Good leadership is uh, getting down on your knees and eating Joe Rogan's asshole and not questioning it. Sometimes that is what good leadership means. Sometimes you have to get on your knees and eat Joe Rogan's asshole on his podcast. And when he says, I don't want you to go uh, left to right, I want you to go counterclockwise. I want you to lick that asshole counterclockwise. You know what? A good leader goes and he licks Joe Rogan's asshole counterclockwise. You know what? So it's all just a bunch of fucking horse shit. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that somebody like Josh Zepps finally fucking uh, stepped up and call and called him out on this. And uh, this is going to be a problem going forward. And, um, you know, and that's not to say eventually we are going to have to live with coronavirus, I think, uh, as long as the worst case scenario doesn't happen where we have the merging of the uh, of those uh, uh, of the worst properties of the Delta and the Omicron. And uh, as long as that doesn't happen, then eventually we will have to live with Corona like we uh, are living like we have had to live with the flu. But that doesn't st like who who am I going to fucking remember at the end of the day? is A, the people who are on the front lines of this fucking shit, the doctors and the healthcare workers who were are tackling this shit selflessly. And who are the other people that I'm going to remember? The other people I'm going to remember who are the ones who fucking drew this out, are the ones who made this worse than it needed to be, are the ones who made uh, the ones who made the pandemic cause higher death rates because they were not because they politicized the pandemic and were not willing to fucking to step up and and do what's right because they wanted to fucking own the libs, you know. And I am not a fucking liberal by any means, uh, but you cannot produce societies in this way. You cannot have people just ignoring fucking science and uh, and uh, and fucking over everybody. Because uh, because you don't want to get a goddamn shot. <sighs> I feel like this was a pretty heated episode of uh, TWA2K, at least for the last portion of it. Uh, let's put a pin in it. Let's wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the World According to Kyle podcast. See y'all again on the next one. Goodbye!